0: Welcome to Azure centric podcast. Another weekly updates on Azure, uh, our weekly show. My name is Marcos Nogueira and with me, I have the beautiful and marvelous Andrew Lowe's. How are you, my friend?
1: <laughs> I'm very good. Thank you. It's so nice to be here with you today.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, today we in this episode it's. We have to say that is a little bit different. Um, we decided to have some rest, and and because of that, we are very fresh. So I don't know what's going <laughs> to uh, what's going to be the outcome of this of this episode, but I can guarantee you that's going to be good, because one of the things is when we were talking about the agenda for today on the updates, right? We think what's going to be. <clears throat> Our team today, and we're starting to uh, deviate from the subject as usual, right? It's not a surprise (laughs) to anyone. (laughs) What? This is the first
1: time I'm hearing about this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And
0: and then uh, we come with a new name, uh, not a new name, a new, uh, how I can say this? It's like a new, it's like a new category, a a new category. Thank you, Andrew. That is security or secure DR. Uh, (laughs) If you are totally lost, um, just give me a few minutes. Don't worry, worry. we will explain about that. Um, but if you are new to the channel, okay. uh, And now I click on my, my best button, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to smash that like button if you like uh, this conversation. This open uh, press record button and never, <laughs> never edit anything. Uh, conversation um, and 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 the show. So basically, this is literally almost like a live podcast, but it's just recorded just for us to 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 have some some other life absolutely yeah we live in all the
1: great bits we live in all the not as great bits uh it it is what it is yes but i I am really looking forward some big tags yes exactly right so (laughs) I, i can't wait to talk about some of these topics we've got this week um there's one in there in particular um in fact uh while we were kind of um breaking this morning um i mean yeah we never really shut down too much but uh the storage one, uh, I've already written uh, a blog post about because I, I was actually probably more excited than I should have been to see uh, that one coming into Azure. Um, it's uh, one we've all been waiting for, I know. And I, I think it's really great, actually. Um, it's, one of, it's one of the um, security and response centers recommendations that we use for our on-premises uh, storage. And it's something that's really relevant these days uh, for recoverability, right?
0: Absolutely. So,
1: yeah, this secure DR, uh, although we're being very creative with with our category (laughs) name, (laughs) to say the least, um, I think it it is actually quite applicable. Um, There's a lot of really good content around disaster recovery and security. So what can you call that, right? Yeah. Secure
0: DR. Yep. Uh, it is It is what it is. That's okay. But before we, we roll, I just want to thank you to everyone that is supporting the channel, that's supporting the podcast, that's supporting the show. He's been very uh, humble on the last episodes, all of the support that you guys are giving uh, and uh, and just continuing that um, uh, to support that. Um, again, if you are new to the channel, don't forget to subscribe. Um, that's, that's, that's the only thing we can guarantee. One thing is money back guarantee for lifetime.
1: <laughs> absolutely, lifetime guarantee. Quality, not so much, but money back. Absolutely, money back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so one—that's uh, a really important point, actually. When you're talking about our subscribers and our listeners, uh, we absolutely love hearing what's on your mind. So drop into uh, the Azure centric YouTube channel. Uh, Let us know on Twitter. Um, Just let us know what's on your mind. Give us a little bit of feedback. Uh, We review most of it. I'm going to say, Uh, honestly, we can't always read all of it. That's the truth. And uh, we really do love hearing from everybody. Good, bad, ugly, sideways, upside down. Doesn't matter. Just let us know what's on your mind. Spread the love. Absolutely.
0: Exactly. So let's roll to starting our 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 show. So welcome back and let's jump to the first one. So the first one is public preview. Azure Virtual Desktop is now available in Azure China Cloud. And this is interesting, okay? Because this Azure Virtual Desktop was announced about two weeks ago, two episodes ago, something like that, right? That they announced the Windows 365 Cloud PC, and they changed the name of the the Windows Virtual Desktop uh, to Azure Virtual Desktop. And now they are announcing as well um, that it's going to be this week, first of all, that the Windows 365 Cloud PC um, it will be available for public preview. But that's they are funny. announcing that the Azure Virtual Desktop is now available uh, in public preview in Azure China Cloud.
1: Yeah, so, and that's a really, really close cool. cadence, right? So usually we see Azure China a little bit delayed, yes. so I thought it was really interesting and maybe it tells us a little bit about where some of the demand is for the virtual desktops, right?
0: But it is on, on Azure China Cloud, it is because of all of the regulations that in China have because this is, if I'm not mistaken, is managed by uh V-Net. china via net i think V-Net it is with or whatever it yeah is. something like that something it's the government like
1: run entity yeah. in china because there's a lot of extra rules and regulations that they follow and i th- i think it's really interesting how uh the azure team for yeah. virtual like azure virtual desktop team i should say is able to uh push this in there so quickly uh, yeah. kind of back to back with the other releases so um, they're, they seem to be getting their process dialed in pretty good. But I, I want to speak as well to the Windows uh, 365 uh, Cloud PC, August 2, coming out uh, to a pu- public preview release at least, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm really looking forward. Uh, I know everybody uh, that I've been talking to, clients, coworkers, um, other nerds, we're all really waiting to see what With the pricing nerds- is for it. Yeah, even just between the two yeah. of us, I think we've had about ten talks on this, right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely, and it's not only that. Is when we, when this um, uh, video has been or this podcast has been released, it's the day that they will uh, release it as well. So it's on the same day, if I'm not mis- no, no, it's on Tuesday, in this case.
1: Uh, well, not actually. It will be Monday, August two, which in Alberta is a holiday. Yeah. But uh, for most of our American friends and everywhere else in the world, it's just a regular back to work uh, kind of same old Monday morning deal. Yeah. With the exception of the Windows three sixty five Cloud PC being released. Yeah. So uh, I don't I don't know what's what's going to happen with it, but I can't wait uh, in my own testing. Oh, well, I know what you need to do. I... Just I. I you know, my days is already booked now, so it's I'm like yeah, going I'm that in the skew. it's gonna happen.
0: I'm going to be on the pool with my tablet and just provision my Windows three sixty-five Cloud PC. How about that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be a little bit jealous of that, but uh, maybe I'll just like spray my feet or something with the hose yeah. and on wet socks so I feel like I'm in the pool. Yeah,
0: I can <laughs> I can definitely do that because now it's possible. Uh, to do it uh, it's still in still we released let's see let's see how it goes but um it's it's very nice to see that uh, the azure virtual desktop uh, the is now in azure shiner cloud and it's it's be able to 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 achieve all of that greatness although again um if you want to know a little bit more the difference uh, between the azure shine the azure virtual desktop and Windows 365 Cloud PC. Just go back in this case to episode number thirty. Just give me a second so I can. Uh, I think it
1: was two episodes ago. Uh, we announced that. Yeah. Maybe. It was, maybe i yeah, I'm not
0: sure. It was two episodes ago. Yes, it was episode episode number. Uh, 30
1: so 30 while episodes. you're looking that up, there was one thing um, about the the China release with AVD uh, that I did want to mention. Episode number
0: thirty-seven.
1: All thirty-seven. We have so many episode numbers yes. now. It's crazy. Yes. My gosh, that's a that's a lot of content. It is. Um, just I'm thinking out loud. See, folks, unedited, unscripted. Completely. Uh, sometimes it's good. Sometimes we just sit here thinking about stuff, and you have to wait. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so the one thing um, in this update that I did want to mention um, just before we move on was that uh, we can use uh, fine grained access to AVD resources using full RBAC controls with published remote apps and desktops in Azure AD groups. So, it's not just like it's the initial release, this is a little bit polished, right? So there's a lot of things that we can do with Azure Virtual Desktop, and uh, I I just wanted to kind of uh, yeah. mention that a little bit because uh, you know on top of all that of course there's the Azure Monitor uh, integration with it, but I think it, I think it's going to be just an amazing product as it continues to uh, improve.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, which is which is awesome, I have to say but yeah uh, uh, absolutely that you need to do that so moving to the to the next one azure site recovery this is where we start with with any uh, my in azure site recovery update roll up 56 is now generally available so this is the update for july uh, 2021 and you guys may think but you start with azure virtual desktops That is nothing to do with Azure, uh, with secure DR. You are correct. That is just to offset you in this case, to say, and to create more suspense on on, on the show. Okay. (laughs) Now we are back to the. And here I thought it was
1: just the default date order of the automated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was, but uh, but yeah, that's okay. So update 56. Uh, Once again.
1: this is good right because we we each month we make sure that we include the ASR roll up update yeah. because uh, this means that we have a bit of a roll out to do uh, if we're using ASR
0: yeah yeah
1: absolutely so we're, when we when we have the ASR um, infrastructure in place in our on prem or in our cloud implementation, because it can really live in any cloud. We always start with that roll up uh, push from our dashboard. Right.
0: Exactly. So, but this update for me is very special. Okay. And the reason that this roll up update, it's on is not only bug fixing. Right. But they have some improvements Mm -hmm. Uh, again you have to start as we already mentioned this on this show several times you have to start from the portal so you need to update that uh you need to update uh, your appliance uh, the ovf is going to be up- updated so means that if you are deploying if you deploy recently and you didn't start yet uh, it's highly recommended that you deploy the new ovf okay other than that you can always deploy uh the agents but yes you need to go from the portal until the agents the mobility agents you need to update that to be on the same version okay uh this is what is required otherwise you're starting to have a lot of of or you or you might have a lot of issues that will starting to get uh, a lot of those type of, of of things um, I don't want to f- to focus on the issues right now um, because um, what I want to focus is on the improvements, okay? First and foremost is faster. Okay, so what they say is enable replication and re operations are 46% faster. Which That's is massive a massive improvement. Okay, because... Yeah. Usually, that first initial replication, right, is. Oh, it always felt like it took forever. Forever. And it's not only that. If you remember a few projects back when we do it, um, and sometimes you are adding disks, or you forget to put the disk, or you don't want to protect anymore a specific disk because it's a temporary disk, or whatever it is, right, you need to reprotect again and by reprotecting again okay it basically uh, it was the the possibility of not the possibility it was the only option was like uh, just disable the protection and start over with this re- yeah, reprotect you had to do operation the f- full yeah, sync again yeah with this reprotect operation is faster by 46% I'm assuming that they are using what we already uh, 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 uploaded, let's go this way, right? That we already synchronized because 46% faster, uh, there is a component, a variable here that is the internet. So the internet is exactly the same. So the only possibility that they are doing is they are doing not the only, but the possibility that they are doing is either they are compression even more, right? To send less data and probably mm-hmm. is, is one of the ways. Or the other ways is, is they are reusing what we already starting to uh, synchronize to see if that is being done, right? And if you re-protect exactly like the same VM, everything that is being done, you're just doing the Delta. I'm assuming that is that, I hope that is that. Either Either solutions works
1: Well, I think to get to 46% faster, you have to be doing some kind of block level analysis and retaining some of that cloud side data that's replicated. Yeah. So I think the other one that's in here that is really, uh, let's say, on topic with our theme, right? Yeah. Is, of course, the replication can now be enabled between any two Azure regions around the world. So now we're no longer limited to enabling replication within our own continent. So before, let's say yesterday, we had a limitation that if we were replicating from Canada Central, we could replicate to US data centers from Canada for our DR, but we could not replicate to, for example, Europe. Now, we are able to do this. And this is really, really huge. So we both work with some really fun, I want to say customers, that uh, they do have European or African operations. And it's important to be able to replicate across the ocean, right? So we have to create multiple time zones of DR uh, within our strategy. So this is a massive improvement, uh, because you think about the amount of data like a large enterprise customer would be replicating between these continental sites like US West all the way to Europe. Right. And that's a that's a that's quite a lot of data to move between regions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It is. And it's not only that, uh, because we have all of these regions, right? Be able to uh, only be um, uh, replicating inside the same continent. Yes, sometimes it's more than enough, right? But in in other times, uh, especially on those global dispersed um, in the, uh, organizations, uh, right? That we often work with them, uh, that they are that their presence is globally um they want to be able to restore because they already have everything on other regions like for example europe uh uh, europe uh asia pacific apac a lot of those areas right australia for example uh, they have a lot of those that they want to use not the same continent okay uh but they want to be able to choose whatever they want to choose it, for example. And now it's possible, okay? The other thing that I, I just want to mention to close up this, it just, I know that's a preciusism, but it's something that when I was reading this, um, and I was, uh, and the reason that I bring it up is I was talking with uh, with one of my projects that I was working with you know, my customers, that is, okay, what about if I update this? Uh, or update in this case the mobility server. Do I need to restart the server? Okay. And usually you don't. Although, in this in this particular rollup, if you're coming from a very old version, okay, and you are updating now because you want to use this, depending on the version that you come, especially if you come down the version of the mobility that is the 925 to the 930 okay there is a mandatory restart okay just to give an idea from the 929 up there is a mandatory restart uh, if the version is greater than four okay
1: right so if you're at 925 you have to go to 9.29 and then you can upgrade to current at 9.30
0: yes Uh, In this case, it's not mandatory, but if you have more than four versions, okay, just be aware of that. Um, The part that I didn't check it is how you can have access, I have to be honest, to the old versions because everything is coming from the portal.
1: So that is a bit of a mystery to me, but uh, I don't have hands on ASR right now. So... Uh, Maybe one of our listeners or viewers could let us know on uh, YouTube. So please uh, weigh in with your comments on that. When you're upgrading from, let's say N-5 with uh, ASR, uh, do you follow the recommendation and upgrade to uh, N-1 and reboot, then install the current version and reboot again so that you're you're good to go? Or how do you get that N-1 Uh, patch because from the portal I don't remember multiple patches being available so maybe that's changed
0: yeah absolutely
1: Absolutely. it's been maybe a day or two let's say
0: absolutely Absolutely. moving to the next one general availability of express route three new peer locations available so this we already talked about it a few times okay uh, now uh, in this case express route is, is announcing three locations. Uh Campinas, Sao Paulo 2, and Dumbling 2. So which is which is awesome. These are in this case the locations that you are in you are able to end your Express Route circuit, okay, into enter into Azure. So now basically Sao Paulo that has been been growing fast. Uh, mm-hmm. it will have two other ones. Uh, São Paulo two is another is a second one with another provider, okay? Because it was with Ikinix, um on some on Brazil South, and now you have the Tivit uh, in this case that you can have it as well. That is the Brazil two, and in Campinas, uh, for example, that that is with uh a sentry if i if i pronounce or if i didn't murder the company uh, uh <laughs> with a sentry that is on brazil south as well so all of those locations especially in brazil they are going to brazil south region but we are adding more peers um, mm-hmm. in this case for them to do it in doubling though uh, it's with um interaction dub too uh, and is going again to uh, North Europe. That is the same region that they have right now. Um, mm-hmm. So they will have another um, another provider uh, to be able to going uh, to Azure, which is which is good. Means that um, they are growing. They have, and right now they have they announced with this seventy nine global commercial Azure period locations, which is massive. So yeah,
1: that is right. So 79 um, locations is quite a lot. Yeah. And uh, that's, it's pretty amazing what, uh, you know, I know we've been lucky because we've been watching this grow um, over, over. let's say the last, last six months or whatever it is for, you know, 39 episodes apparently, but um, hey. Wow! Does that mean next week we're at forty episodes?
0: Yeah, I think.
1: so. Wow! We're going to need to do something special. We'll have to bring a party hat or something. I like that. Uh,
0: next week we're going to be yes, next episode, forty episode. This is thirty nine.
1: Amazing! And and next week uh, we do have a kind of a special treat uh, when we yeah. when we launch that episode. So we're I'm not going to give this away, but. I mean, well, I'm going to do my best not to give this away. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
1: so do you I want to get excited?
0: You want to make the honors for the next one because I know that you are really excited.
1: Yeah, actually I was uh, very excited to see this. So now we have VMware SRM or Site Recovery Manager now generally available for AVS the Azure VMware solution. So this is absolutely massive. This is a really big deal. So having SRM available with the VMware solution for Azure means that we can now use disaster recovery through VMware native solution, the SRM manager, and we can uh, use SRM to uh, recover from on-prem to AVS. That is exactly what DR is. So this is a massive, massive update, and I'm really super excited to see this one in here. Uh, We talked, I think, one or two weeks ago, it hit public preview, and it has been a very, very long time coming. I know this has been in uh, kind of progress for many, many months, uh, as is typical, right? It takes time to develop these, test them, make sure it works with all the, the hardware across the... Uh, like the AVS solution from region to region, data center to data center, uh, we have many challenges um, to make this work, right? Uh, not the least of which is how VMware networking works, right? Yep. So we have to make sure that our, uh, our NSX-T, the version available for cloud, the T, T is cloud for some reason. I don't get that, but whatever. So... <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, wouldn't C make more sense? Uh, it's, maybe it's just me, but um, <laughs> maybe. sorry, uh, maybe. we're getting a little we're getting a little off topic as usual here. But <laughs> but um, this is this is really big, right? Because yes. we have that NSX um, VMware networking that has to be, um, let's say, very robust between on-premises and the Azure VMware solution, and this goes a really long way. So. It is important to note. Um, I think the one thing that is really good in this uh, update is they do acknowledge the licensing. Um, so you know, don't just turn it on and you know start running with it. You do need to square up your licensing with VMware. However, you can use your existing product keys as long as they have cloud rights, and uh, it is a simplified process that AVS uses to allow you to apply those keys. And honestly, it is. Um, I did have the privilege of working with SRM a little bit before it was publicly released with a, with a client and uh, without using any names and not getting into too much trouble, it just worked. Um, and it was, it was really good. So uh, I'm so happy it's at uh, G8 release now. Absolutely. So what, what kind of uh, what what jumps out for you uh, on this one? I know you have such a really unique view of <laughs> virtualization because of your, let's say, extremely deep Hyper V and VMware knowledge, right? Yeah. So I, I'm curious to see what uh, what gets what gets you talking on this one.
0: But first of all, it's like you mentioned, um, uh, this Site recover Manager. It's it's really a different level that you can do it, uh, although on this is just ability to have two scenarios right uh the first scenario is is the obvious one this on premise uh, one one site to the other one that is on the avs uh, on the private uh, cloud disaster recovery right or uh, so it means that you have your one site in your production cluster uh, uh, on premise or vice versa and then you are doing this uh, to the AVS on Azure but the other one that i like it and i was surprised when they really launched this, is the primary AVS to the secondary AVS because a lot of organizations and that's the part that that i i i starting to to really like this because uh, uh, like you mentioned um, site recovery manager, you can have a lot of automation, right. Mm-hmm. For, for the disaster recovery, uh, a lot. And there is a lot of, 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 uh, IP in this case, intellectual property that you develop. Uh, just me, I have a tons of things that I did in the past. Right. And it's really bad to just lose that and not reuse that or, or, or try to, uh, at least modify to the to the new world to the new world uh, mm-hmm. that's the part that that i like ab- 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 about um, this but the part that i like that you now you can use this right as an infrastructure and as an infrastructure to just have on the cloud it's it's massively because now i can have vmware okay uh, running on azure uh, without any issues right and I don't care about the the hardware so it's kind yeah. of it's kind of having a cloud inside of the cloud that for me that I'm a it server is. guy and a virtualization guy right it's what's it's the dream come true because that's it the is. part that I like about the virtualization having access to the service building a kind of a cloud because now this is going to be redundant but now you can build the cloud on the cloud.
1: It is. It's right? like it's like so,
0: you're building well, the infrastructure a, that Azure is allow you to, to, to do it, right? Yeah,
1: so it, this is one point that I think is um, maybe not uh, publicized, I guess, maybe in a, a positive way. So Azure VMware Solution, though the name Azure is there and it is running on physical servers in a private cloud. So this cloud that you create is, uh, and this is the way I've drawn it before in uh, Vizios for uh, clients is, it's a box that lives outside of your Azure subscription. So the Azure tenant and subscriptions are one box. AVS is beside that, it's a different box. So you do need to create uh, like ExpressRoute DMARCs to it. You have to connect to AVS, but it's separate. So it's completely private. It's very secure. So it's really good for dedicated workloads because when you you create um, your, let's say you're creating your first AVS node, um, there's some specific requirements for sure and you know we can do a deep dive uh, if you want let us know in, in one of our social medias and um i mean i really love avs but uh the one thing that i think um, kind of to speak to your love of the virtualization let's say we want to go from that three node to a six node cluster or four or five you add one node at a time. So you add ESXi hosts to your cluster, and it actually provisions a physical node for you. So it it takes not very long. It's like one to three hours or something like that to add a a physical host, just provided it's available in your region. And uh, it adds it to your cluster. And when it's ready, you can just spin up and add additional workloads. that's absolutely amazing to me because we now bypass like the on-prem way the old kind of thinking way of doing this is okay so let's go get some costs we have to buy some like hardware so let's find two or three vendors that we can do it get quotes go to procurement recommend our purchase then they validate your
0: yeah it's 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 all of that and that's the part that i uh i de- i do love about about these site recover uh, managers yeah. right yeah absolutely that's the part that i love about about all of this it's like you are building the private cloud on the public cloud with the public cloud mindset yes. <laughs> it's and that is it yes. it just blows your mind because like you mentioned i don't care about any more servers if they are so first of all, I don't care if I have or not space on my rack. I have no concern if they are connecting to uh, a circuit of electricity or a power circuit or the other circuit. I don't care about Yeah, we don't have
1: to worry about the physical pieces.
0: Exactly. Now. It's it's like it it, it this kind of it's 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 like blow what it blows my mind is this is a dream come true because what we want is, oh, I need another server. Let me add to the cluster. Bang, click a button Yep. done. I don't need to ask. I don't need to go on that process that usually takes about three or four months to get worried about the infrastructure I have. Right. How are we going to consume and starting to say to, to say to, to the VP or whatever he says, I will need more service in the future. I will need more service in the future. I will need more servers in the future. And always being the same repetitive guy that, what do you want? More servers. I want more servers. And and no, right here I can concentrate on building this awesome private cloud, not be able to just go in there and ask for servers or doing anything, right? It's just go there like you mentioned. I need another host, done, bang, a few, exactly. a few hours right. or whatever it takes the host like you mentioned a physical host i can add it and if because this is the could be active active and there is a lot of good things yeah. um, the express route is done right so yeah. i do once exactly. my connection from on-premise to the to azure is done once i don't need to touch anymore uh be able exactly
1: you just yeah you just use global reach to create another completely you just uh, create the virtual it.
0: one yeah. and that's it you don't need to do it you set up once you don't touch it anymore uh, only if you want to expand that's that's going to touch it so look at this networking you are not concerned when you when you are adding a new server they are adding for you basically everything from let's going let's 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 do this on a different way this from the moment that they, if they need to, I don't believe that they have to, but even if they need to rack that server, okay, to uh, patch the server, to going on the server to update, in this case,
1: so that that happens dynamically. I can speak to this because I'm familiar with the process from uh, the project I was working with. Yeah. So it is physically already racked and it's just sitting there waiting. Yeah. So if a customer used it, so let's say I was using that server today, I removed it from my cluster because I don't need the physical resource anymore. It gets wiped, reprovisioned into their pool, Microsoft's pool. It stays patched, ready to roll. What happens when we add it to our cluster, when we provision it to our pool of uh, hosts, is it's actually reprovisioned again. So... It's does any deltas. It's securely overwritten. The storage uh, is like you know like hard zeros, hard ones written and then uh, re-added. So that's what takes the time. Yeah. Um, in the provisioning, and everything is just. It, uh, I think I heard the word this week. It auto magically just adds to your node, yeah. uh, the the node, and uh, you're good to go. And, like and it's awesome. It's
0: awesome. Just to be able to have. And this is, I think this is going to be one of the critical things that if, if they start thinking about this, is to have a cluster that is on exactly the same version okay, of every single node across uh, the, the Azure platform. Yep. That only, it's a win.
1: A big win. Yeah, so this this is this is a ridiculously excellent PaaS offering, right? So <laughs> you get the VMware platform, you get a bloody physical host, like you get on the multiple cloud. physical it's hosts like, to the node. on the cloud. You don't you, patch. You don't you just, manage. You, you don't... check the box. Yeah. You say, "Please give me two more servers." Okay, no problem, Mister Nogueira. Here you go. Uh, and a couple hours later, or whatever. You have two more servers and now you go from like five to seven nodes in your cluster. Yep. So you can spin that up. You use it. When you're done with the resources, you take it out of your node. Exactly. Like like you, you give the node back, your cluster goes back from seven to five. Yeah and you're good to go. Now, I know I'm using small numbers and in enterprise uh, that, you know, scale is going to at least be probably double digits, one would hope, but <laughs> but, yep. but I think it it's really, really awesome because it's like dynamically provisioning physical servers. You take them, you give them back when you're done. Somebody else does the same thing. Very, very secure. It is a private AVS solution. Yep. It's a private cloud outside of your Azure subscription. It's like parallel to your Azure subscriptions and it it's I I apologize I know I get excited about some crazy stuff but this is one of them and this is really really good so
0: it is and it's it's one of the things that uh I I have to say that I would love to have this possibility with Hyper-V as well Uh, oh wouldn't that be amazing because that that will be I know that we have that with Azure by themselves but a lot of times uh, we are locked down to the to the servers, right? To the size of the servers. But be able yeah. to have access to this, be able to create your own private cloud, in this case, not only with VMware, but with Hyper-V as well. Because we have uh, a lot of um, things going on as well. I know that VMware has been always since since the beginning uh, one of the preferreds uh, or the preference in this case, virtualization players. Um, although I have to say uh, that Hyper-V did come playing along and did have the same battle, but all of these extra applications and extra developments that you add on um, on VMware was always uh, uh, the difference, right? Uh, be able to yeah, do. Yeah, it this, was. Yeah, it was always the big difference. And 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 you yeah, know so that it, that my my heart is dear to Hyper-V. Uh, we can do and I show a lot of organizations that you can do exactly the same thing with with VMware with Hyper-V, uh, with a fraction of the cost. Um, but right yeah. now, um, be able to do this uh, on organizations that. So yeah, so a- came into yeah.
1: So AVS came into existence, I think, in a very big way to help large enterprise that is heavily invested in VMware technologies for their business, to lift and shift. It's like phase one of cloud migration, right? So they don't have to refactor, they don't have to rebuild applications in this case, they just re-host. So it's just going from private data center to now your very own private uh, cloud uh, in in the Azure data center, so you get all that physical security, you get all that virtual security, you get the advantage of secure networking with Express routes. Uh, like everything is really really dialed in, okay. and it actually does work as advertised. Um, I would never lie about that. So, uh, I, like you know, because I think you might know the guy who taught me a whole bunch about Hyper V. <laughs> And I am absolutely a fan. One of the things that I kind of have a bit of a reputation for with my clients is if they're using VMware, probably not for long if I'm coming in (laughs) because because I do have a passion for reducing licensing costs and reallocating those budgets where we can take better advantage uh, in many cases. Now, I'm not saying anything negative whatsoever about VMware, it's an awesome product. And it has a lot of advantages as well. So it's really about what's right for the organization. Exactly. And um, if they've chosen to stay with VMware, then that's cool. We can we can also host VMware solution in Azure. It's it's just so amazing to me. Physical hosts, your own private data center, and yet you have cloud scaling and expansion capabilities. So you can grow and shrink with the business demand. Yeah. Uh, it's. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know I'm uh, talking uh, at length about this one. I just get so excited about AVS. It's an awesome technology. It is, it
0: is, and 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 allows, like you said, organizations to expand what they are doing, right? Because they already have that uh, that mindset and that internal IP. When I mean IP, it's intellectual property of developing yeah. all of those processes. They already have uh the 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 technical knowledge on to manage that and that is where it's it's the difference a lot of time it's not about oh you are running an old tool or you're running this tool and the other tool is way better than that and this it's not like my grass is greener than my neighbor it's not that it's about like what is being productive what is being efficient for the organization and how you can maintain and, and, and getting on there. Because if your solution does that and, and you are happy and you are still um, growing and you are still uh, on evolution of your, of your and you are still performing good, why change is my ask is, is, yeah, it could be other drivers like you mentioned, reduction of cost because on the last 10 years, That is the word of the moment is reduce costs, reduce costs, reduce costs. It's what we've been, what I've been here for the last 10, 15 years is to reduce costs. Sure. No worries. No worries about that. Let's reduce costs. But sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes the reduced cost is so disruptive for the organization that that it's not possible. You have to have costs no matter what. Uh, um, and that's where the cloud comes because now you're taking, first you're taking from KPEX to OPEX and I don't want to go mm-hmm. on a lecture of cloud, but you're going on that, that even on... Well, we were thinking
1: about the same thing here yeah. because it it's a bit about back to basics yeah, it when is. we think about cost. It's not always about reducing cost, but, uh, you know, kind of those foundational Um, uh, talks that we always have with like a new cloud client is always about moving from capital to operational expenses, right? And this is what uh, cloud in general can help you with, right? So Azure can help with a little bit, I feel like it's a bit of a deeper layer of uh, cost management not the least of which is actual cost analysis, cost management <laughs> of Azure as a, like a service that you can actually use. But it's actually in the flexibility of the solutions, the scaling of yep. the solutions, growing okay. and shrinking, and also the whole lift and shift uh, kind of a mentality. But also the cloud native, like when you're ready. Uh, you know, Don't take that big bite at first, take a little nibble and move uh, like a private data center to Azure VMware Services private cloud. When you're ready next year, start learning and doing about uh, application migrations, or moving from uh, Azure VMware solution to Azure VMs that are Cloud-native. So you don't have to do it all at once. And it's about just continuing that journey, learning how to optimize cost. And I say optimize, not always reduce. And I think that's, that's a key difference, right? So like you said, uh, and really wise words, by the way, my friend, because um, it's like, you can only reduce so much before you start to have business impact. Sometimes there's just a layer of cost and, we can optimize, but we can't always reduce or eliminate. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And I think we we already went way far behind.
1: We, <laughs> we, to we got about a bit it. excited yes, about EVS. ABS. Yeah, we did.
0: So <laughs> let's move to the next update. That is a, a very good one as well, I have to say. That is in preview. Uh, immutable storage with versioning for blob storage is now in public preview. This it's a very nice segue of what we've been discussing so far, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because emu- having versioning on a multiple storage is is, crit- is business critical. Okay. So it the is. part of write once read many, okay, uh, that is the part of the warm, right? Is the part that you want to have it, right? So when you have that immutable storage, and you're starting to have versioning of that, first, the versioning of the cloud allows you to be protected from
1: ransomware. Absolutely, yeah, Yeah. and that's that's the biggest biggest argument argument. that I ever hear for worm storage, like the immutable storage. Um, I can see why they don't want to market this as worms. I can only imagine the the poster that you would hang in the in the IT breaker. <laughs> yeah, as worms. But uh. but it's 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 a really it's a really um, strong uh, product, right? So um, immutable storage really just means that we write one time to it. In this case, we can add versioning. So we write once. We know it's version one. You write on top, like beside that. You now have version two. So now you can do a little bit of storage control. So you might say, okay, we need to keep the last 10 right versions of the database that we're doing a full backup on, for example. Yeah. And that's a actually, that's a really great example. Um, because now you say, okay, I have the last 10 versions. <clears throat> so if you have a, a ransomware event where, let's say, you have a whole vNet, Full of resources that gets crypto lockered from malware. Your immutable storage helps have those backups available because the ransomware can't encrypt it. It's right once. So nothing can touch it. It can't be cryptoed. No, it just cannot even, be crypto'd. even if
0: they are cryptoed, okay? That was the last change. So you didn't lose any data. Okay,
1: that's the, like it would create a new so version. So it creates a new version, right? but
0: an encrypted one. So that's why we're saying that this is the biggest thing against against, for example, ransomware, because the last version that you're doing is the version that you encrypted. So if you restore to the version before, you didn't lose any data, okay? Because the last version that you did, the only thing you did is encrypted the version, nothing else done. Yeah. So exactly. you recover. So, so this and is. And it's not only that. It's like now we're talking about things that we love, that is policies. Okay. Because now we can have the muti- the immutability policies, right? That basically they are two. One on a time mm-hmm. base, like you mentioned. So I have a time based policy, a retention policy to say, that, okay, how long do I want to hold this? And this is massively because some of those, you can do it on a legal way. Right? Like if you're Mm -hmm. a company, we've been on projects that they have this crazy retention policy of 30 plus years, (laughs) right? (laughs) That uh, are we going to do with the tapes that no longer have uh, even the reader to read the tapes, If you have the tapes. But how are you going to grab the information that is on the tape into something that you can see it if there is no more readers? Like imagine those that you have a VHS, right? You still need to have a VHS brand new on the box, right? To be able to put the VHS inside and be able to see that film, right? It's like, wow, 30 years ago, we're talking about probably some of those uh punch holes cards right probably i don't know
1: uh yes sir <laughs> some yes five, sir. There's some interesting let's go on things, the memory right?
0: lane now and those five Uh-oh. and a half uh diskettes do you remember those the yeah. floppy ones yeah i think it
1: was what is it it's a uh, five and a five and a quarter five and a quarter yep. or five, um, yeah. the Three and a half. And three and that a half. was the new improvement yeah, yeah. Compressed data one point four mega one point four four megabytes. Installing Windows megabytes. was
0: like two hundred of those, like one Oh, of you got a,
1: bang, I remember you when you bang. bought it, you got a box. <laughs> <clears throat> you got like a box oh with a God. with a sleeve of discs. Disc the <laughs> disc seventeen of sixty two or some crazy. And thing. now something yeah. like
0: this, right? Something like this that is yep. one hundred and twenty eight. This one, it's like a hundred and twenty eight uh di- uh discs right the 1.44 or whatever it is uh yep it's 128 it's fit on on my hand
1: in the palm of your hand versus like hurting your back because you were trying to lift the case of no. uh when can you imagine windows 10 as a floppy disk oh, installer
0: but you know what <laughs> every time that they launched that a new version of windows There is always Uh a post like that. So if you want to install Windows right now, you're going to be like one of 1,000 of those diskettes. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's so
1: many. You think about the size of the operating systems, what we expect it to do, how big it is, but think about how it performs uh, like Windows 11 versus uh, like Windows 95 or something, right? Absolutely. And it's like, Night and day, it's so much faster, more responsive, easier to use. I'm not here to sell yeah, Windows, so okay. let's go back. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go back go, to, let's this go one. to the next one. So, here.
0: one was the time based retention policy, and the other one, which makes totally sense, is the legal hold policy. So, if you have yeah. that, it's just a policy that you enable, and bang, every single version you have of that data mm-hmm. will legal be. Hold. Yeah. Uh, uh, will be there, uh, which is
1: and and that I did read the that policy is free to put yep. on. Yeah, the storage, of course. Uh, let's let's maybe call that out. Storage is never yeah. free, <laughs> but um, it's not that bad. Like cost of storage is uh, really really cheap in Azure, honestly. Yeah. But the putting the policy on is free, and that really is Microsoft telling us we want you to use this. And uh, I think the immutable storage is just a huge advance. Having it available on Azure is going to be a game changer for a lot of companies.
0: Although one of the last thing about this public review, it's only available in four regions. Canada Central, Canada East, Canada, and France Central and France South. So it's only available on these four regions. And again, Canada on the verge, of the public preview on Azure. So we,
1: we, can, we can do this, and it's been a little while. My Francais is um, not so great anymore. But because we can speak to both countries where this is available in one statement, c'est bon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, very simple. <laughs>
0: it, is, it is very simple. Moving on to the next one, start vm on the connect capability on azure virtual desktops now enters availability finally i have to say uh it was it was uh something that we anticipated a long time okay uh, yeah i feel like this, this, this goes with for, that, for quite a while yes those that this in this case feature goes with optimizing the cost yes okay. so what does this fiction mean? Means that when you are on the old Windows Virtual Desktop or the new Azure Virtual Desktop, they, they basically they change the name, right? Uh, no. When you are remote desktop uh, to, the, to, the, to your uh, VDI, um, when you click connect, okay? Even if you have a server, or in this case, a mach- a, 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 what's called a dedicated pool or dedicated hosts, you are starting that VM. When you disconnect, it will stop the VM. So what does that mean? Means that the, uh, when you are, in this case, uh, not using the VM, the VM is stopped, okay? So means that you are not paying for that VM. You are only paying for the storage. As we mentioned, the storage is always being ever cost associated, although very small not the compute cost, is going to be taking off. So this is great because now I can start creating some, even if I have some pools of, of VMs, right? I can literally create pools by uh, a notific- not notification, but, but by um, time zones, okay, for example. Uh, and now I can address that the part of the design, are we going to design these, Uh, Azure virtual desktops, because now I am interesting of the time zones that all the users on this time zone, okay, they will be connected to that because when they disconnect, when the end, the day is done, they starting to stop or deallocate in this case, those VMs, okay, Um, and when they press the connect, yes, they will take a little bit longer to connect because they need to start the VM just the first one, okay, to start the VM, to be able to see that VM to you. So, uh, but the cost savings of having this is tremendous for the organization.
1: It is, and uh, this is cost savings at scale, right? So uh, this is a lot of what we talk about with our DevOps clients, right? And, you know, we want to use those DevOps power schedules shut things down, we're talking about teams in multiple time zones. Uh, it's easy to give rights to turn them on. Well, now this takes away the need to do that kind of, um, not that it was complex, but we did have to really design the yeah. plan that was going to be used and implemented. But that's now uh, like in the, the Azure Virtual Desktop, we don't have to think about all of those it's, things, those it's, complexities, it's right? That? We just. It shuts off, it deallocates when it's not in use. When I connect back to my VM through RDP, it will just have a please wait with probably like a nice little pretty circle or something that moves around and maybe five or 10 seconds, I bet it is all it takes. I bet you that's what I saw in preview for me was, uh, just a little please wait. And then boom, just like that, um, all of a sudden your, your login is there, so that's pretty amazing for cost optimization, yes. right? Because you imagine if you have like, um, and I mean, a company of maybe 500 or 800, this would really help uh, quite a lot. But imagine if you're paying the bill for a very large enterprise yeah. where you may have thousands and thousands of users on Azure Virtual Desktop. Yeah. And this is going to save you very significant uh, money that you can then, like we always say, it's about cost optimization, right? Because now that we save, uh, let's say we have $100,000 or something that we save in this case, then that money can now go towards things like uh, software license upgrades, hardware upgrades if needed. Um, I know there's been all of this remote work and everything throughout the whole COVID situation. But maybe, uh, you know, people at home need a new monitor or something like that. Like you can do this kind of reallocation. So you're not increasing in this case, the IT budget, but you can now do more stretch that dollar much farther. So it's pretty cool what you can do with the stuff now. It
0: is. And the good thing is it validates. First of all, it's not using all the time. Okay. So the part of shutting down uh, or putting on idle, you need to configure that part. Okay it's not like oh it's been idle now it's going to shut down no you need to configure that part but this part of start vm on connect is if the vm that you that the user is connecting to is shut down or deallocated, okay it will start automatically okay because then you can configure that on the pool (laughs) but if the vm (laughs) is already there it doesn't start it's already started so is just in the case that if you configure the part of idle, okay, and the shutdown, it will start the VM on the connect for that user. So yeah, it, it should absolutely. be one of the things um, that should be on on every single property, this case of the pool, right, uh, of the host pool, is to, yes, I want to start VM on the connect. Because it's going to be only if needed, nothing else. Uh, and that's, yeah. and that's so, a good part of it.
1: So I was just thinking, you know, I think um, uh, I, I do a lot of um, security work lately. And uh, I was just kind of thinking to myself in my head while well, you were talking about that. I wonder if that is going to be one of the best practice recommendations yes. from Microsoft soon. Um, not just for cost, but for security, right? Um, So the best way to eliminate security threats is to uh, lock it up and get rid of all the people, right? But of course, we need the people because that's typically what a business is operating with. So that's kind of a good thing. But uh, if we want to really secure a VM, in this case, the best way to secure it is to turn it off. So I'm kind of thinking to myself, I, I wonder... I'm going to keep an eye on that, yeah. but um, it's an interesting thing it is. because uh, there's so much more to it than meets the eye. But you're right; it has to be configured. Yeah. Um, the default is that it will stay on. It's a virtual. It's a. It's a VDI, Absolutely. right? So it's a. It's a. It's a big pool. So we have to make sure we have that well configured. Absolutely.
0: Moving to the next one, uh, another part of more on the security, like like we mentioned on the beginning of the of this of this episode. Um, Talking about the general availability of the web application firewall, or WAF, geomatch custom rules on application gateway. So, this is pretty awesome. Because now they are announcing this SGA, okay, that now you can geomatch your custom rules, features, on application gateway. So, what does that mean? Means that...
1: We can lock down our applications so that only our users in Andorra can access our web app now. Exactly. So,
0: meaning that you can, if the country that you coming come come is Canada, only those users can access that.
1: So we can actually geo lock our resources, much the same as we've been doing for a long time. Yeah. Uh, with things like um, anti-spam filtering and things like that, we can apply those geo-based rules. But it's way so simple. now
0: we just need yeah. the country code or the region code, and done. It's like
1: exactly. Oh
0: my god! Finally, we got this available on WAF, right? And 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 it's it's much it's much needed, but it's not the only update. Okay, that WAF have. Yes, we had a bit of a double-header here. Yeah, exactly. So WAV is being enabled now as a GA again for bot protection on application gateway. So this means that now you can have roughly 20% of all the internet traffic, it comes from bad bots. So if you want to protect your, uh, in this case, uh, application against those bots, now you have it with WAF.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this this feature blocks all the known malicious IP addresses. Yeah. Uh, it blocks, um, definitely blocks and logs all of those requests and you can build additional bot rules, but you turn on the bot protection. And this is really using Azure AI, uh, because as the threats are identified, it's added into the rules and now you have protection yes. and it just happens yes. automatically. And it's this is really, really great improvement. And to have it go to GA is uh, just yeah. awesome,
0: right? And, and they can, if you are already using the, the OWASP, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they can play very, very well alongside with OWASP. The current rules that you have it, you just need to be on, if I'm not mistaken, the 2.29, uh, 2.2.9, the 3.0, and the 3.1 uh, in this Correct. case. And basically it's there. Or you can just add uh, the, the, the new rule that is, like you mentioned, managed by, by the Microsoft Threat intelligence for, in this case, the Defender, the AI, that is the Microsoft mm-hmm. underscore bot manager rule set 0.1. Um, Correct. That does all of that for you. So meaning that when you are enabled this and you enable all of those rules, if all of those, for example, either the OWASP or even the Microsoft threat intelligence, right? They will, they will be updated and it will be way more secure on that, which is awesome, I have to say.
1: Exactly, yeah. And uh, this is a really big improvement and so easy um, to enable, right? Like threat, Microsoft Threat Intelligence does all the hard work. Absolutely. We check a box and save.
0: Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I could not say even better than that. So saves a lot of time, a lot of headaches. To protect your applications, right? Exactly. With that, we come sadly to our end of our uh, podcast this week. Uh, I know it's been it's been an amazing one. We've been a very, very good discussion uh, about a lot of those topics. I hope that you guys like it. If you like it, uh, don't forget to subscribe. Okay, I know that's a shameless plug, but. I, I have to use the button, otherwise it's. I apologize. Okay, but well, that's okay. Uh, just smash that like button uh, a lot of times uh, if you want. Uh, you can only smash one time, but that's okay. Um, if you want to smash, you can uh, do it several times. It does. It does coming back. Does coming back. But we like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that you enjoy it. What can I say? <laughs> exactly. Ooh. We advise this that this is going to be a dangerous one. Uh, it,
1: that's that's true. It is daytime, and uh, yes, we do have a reputation to uphold. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, so uh, thank you so much, Andrew, one more time, for being for being. This is the thirty nine that we are doing so far, uh, and we will reach when we reach one thousand. I think uh, we will, we we will be. Uh, we different, with a different face probably uh, we are a
1: few to... years older maybe
0: yes yeah.
1: yes episode a thousand
0: What am I gonna do with
1: you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you so much we, Folks we have you to see what see the we have to with here We have to see the future <laughs> see what I mean So thank you Andrew oh, uh, 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 one more time um, thank and you, thank Marcos. you for listening. Um, Absolutely. and and i hope that i can see you next week bye